0: Welcome to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast. In our podcast, we provide support for school leadership in the workplace with a proven approach for implementing social and emotional learning, as it's well known in our schools today, and emotional intelligence in the modern workplace, with a proven strategy to increase well-being, achievement, and results, backed by the most current neuroscience research.
1: I'm Andrea Samadhi, author and former educator who, like you, knows firsthand about stress in today's schools and corporations, along with the effects that this stress has on our well-being, achievement, productivity, and results. In this podcast, we will provide you with the tools resources, and ideas to implement proven strategies backed by the most current neuroscience research to help you to achieve the long-term gains of implementing these success strategies in your daily life.
0: For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit AchieveIt360.com. AchieveIt360.com.
1: Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets SEL podcast. This is Andrea Samadhi. I wanna first of all thank you for listening and providing feedback of the episodes. Since launching the end of June, without any paid advertising, we're on our 12th episode and we've reached 12 countries so far. This is incredible news. Thanks for all the DMs with feedback on the content and how you're implementing these ideas. I appreciate hearing how the episodes are being received and how you're using this information. If you'd like to reach me with any questions, you can always find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, just search for Andrea Samadhi. For those of you who don't know the background of why we launched the Neuroscience Meets SEL podcast, it began with a growing movement and interest in social and emotional learning in our schools, and the need to take these skills into the workplace with emotional intelligence training. Our goal is to close the gap. Recent surveys show exist in our workforce where 58% of employers say college graduates are not adequately prepared for today's workforce. And those employers noted a particular gap in social and emotional skills, skills like self and social awareness and growth mindset that are crucial to college and career readiness and are finally being introduced into our schools. We want the ideas you take away with you to be actionable, whether you're an educator working in a school, an employee or manager in a corporation, or someone just looking to take their skills to the next level. As a recap, in our first episode, we shared with you the why behind implementing an SEL or emotional intelligence training program in your school or workplace. We offered some strategies on how to get started. In the second episode, we introduced the first of six SEL competencies, self-awareness. This episode has been the most popular so far and the one I've had the most feedback on, showing me that self-awareness is of high interest for those in the workplace as well as the school market. We've tied in interviews to connect to the skills so you can hear directly from experts from the field who are implementing programs with success with each skill we investigate the best practices and strategies that you can use either in the classroom or workplace to develop and improve your own program and practice first before extending these strategies to others don't forget to look for ideas tools and resources in the show notes section if you want to dive deeper into the content today we're on the fourth competency out of six responsible decision making Understanding the neuroscience behind decision making can be an important tool when looking for new results. In our last episode with Chloe Amen, we discussed the importance of brain development and results and the fact that your brain is not fully developed until the age of 25 for females and 28 for males. So it's critical that we take care of our brain to ensure we're able to make sound decisions later in life. An understanding of our brain's functions and form are crucial to our future success since our brain is involved in literally everything that we do. In the Brain Thrive by 25 online course by Dr. Daniel Amen, it was designed to help teens and young adults improve brain function and performance. Chloe Amen from our last episode participated in the teen panel and she noted that people don't realize the decisions they make now as teens or young adults will affect their life later because they're just not thinking about this at all. Decisions can affect our future. So how can I be my best self? Imagine if we'd all grown up protecting the organ that controls everything that we do. When I was 13, no one ever mentioned the importance of protecting my brain or how it relates to my future success. We were told to work hard, go to school and study, with the goal to graduate and pursue a career doing something that you love and enjoy. Future success occurred through hard work, perseverance, and what we now called grit, and many of us had to figure this out through trial and error from an internal drive that had either been ignited in us from our mentors and role models, or motivated intrinsically on our own. But with the most recent developments in neuroscience, there's now a new importance of taking care of our brain health, since our brain is involved in literally everything that we do. It controls our thoughts, feelings, how we act and interact with other people, our character, decisions, and actions, not to mention sensory motor functions, regulating internal chemical order, and our brain's alertness, whether we're asleep or awake. There's so much involved with this powerful organ going on behind the scenes, it shouldn't be a shock for any of us to hear the latest research that shows the brain's memory capacity is a quadrillion, or 10 to the power of 15. You can see how an understanding of our brain's function and an emphasis on brain health is the first step towards making responsible decisions since the brain is involved in everything that we do. So what does this look like in action? We all have situations that happen in our lives where we must step up and assume responsibility for our future success. When we look at our lives and we don't like the results that we've created, it's up to us to make the changes needed for new results. It all begins with the thoughts we're thinking, our mental mindset. It's never a lack of knowledge or skill that holds us back. It's our mindset. It's the emotional blocks and deeply ingrained habits that we've acquired over time, either consciously or subconsciously, that we must release to clear the path for our future successes. It's our thoughts that cause our feelings and emotions, leading us to take certain actions. The actions that we take cause results that set up our conditions, circumstances, and environments in our life. If you take a minute to look around you right now, right where you are at this exact minute, it's all based on your past decisions and thoughts. And if you don't like what you see, you've got to go back and change the thoughts that you were thinking back to your mental mindset to create new feelings, new actions, new results. And this in turn will create new conditions, circumstances, and environments. Changing our thinking is the first step towards changing our results, and no one can do this for you. The next step is taking action on the decisions. Most people get stuck here and they end up blaming others for the results when they don't like what they see. They blame the job market for the fact they don't have the job they wanna do or what's going wrong in the world for whatever results they've created. Responsible people never blame others for the results but take 100% responsibility and ownership. This is an important skill to learn in the classroom as well as the workplace. Let's start with the classroom. How do we teach this to our students, especially knowing that their brains are not fully developed yet? The prefrontal cortex, the front of the brain that contains the executive functions like focus, judgment planning, impulse control, all of these have not yet been developed. So we've got to begin there to help guide our children and young adults in the decision making process. Here's five tips to improve decision making with students and young adults. Start by teaching students about the three parts of their brain at an early age. Children as young as five have the ability to understand their reptilian brain, the hind brain, the oldest part of their brain, where they have their survival instincts of fight, flight, and freeze. When they realize these reactions happen automatically to keep them safe, they can learn strategies to deal with them when they occur so they don't get caught off guard. For example, taking deep breaths when they're afraid or nervous instead of running away or avoiding a decision that is naturally shutting down their brain. For their emotional limbic brain, their midbrain, they should understand that this is where their feelings and emotions are controlled and they've got to learn some strategies to overcome when their buttons get pushed and their emotions take over. Strategies like learning how to respond to situations by asking questions or learning more, rather than automatically reacting based on the assumptions without knowing details of a situation. Finally, they've got a decision-making brain, the neocortex or the forebrain, that controls our thinking and reflecting, reasoning and planning. And this is the front of the brain that's not fully developed until 25 for females and 28 for males. So we've gotta learn how to take guidance from parents, teachers, friends, and role models until we're old enough to make responsible decisions on our own. Parents and teachers must remember that although young adults think they're old enough to make their own decisions, we must be there to support, listen, and influence the decisions they make since these decisions will often impact their future. We can be there as guides to offer tips based on our experiences, And role model the results and behaviors we expect of them, but also give them room to make their own decisions, whether they're the best ones or not, because they've got to learn the process of failing forward. The second tip is teens and young adults should understand the power of taking responsibility for themselves and their own decisions. Remember that responsible people never blame others for their results. Think about a time that somebody blamed you for something that you didn't do, and how did that make you feel, and what did you do about it? Blaming doesn't change what happened. When you blame others for the results you achieve, you're not being responsible. So you've got to learn how to take responsibility for yourself, understand that you're responsible for your thoughts, feelings, actions, and all the results you create in your life. When you realize that something goes wrong in your life, that it was often you that brought the situation on yourself, no one did it to you, this is a powerful concept when it comes to um, creating a habit of this. It will help propel you forward. A third tip is to remember that everything young people do either helps or hurts your brain development, and that means helps or hurts your long-term success. We know that drugs and alcohol are not good for the developing brain and current research goes far into this understanding, proving that there's an epigenetic connection between drug use at an early age and how it impacts not just your future, but the future of your children, proving that drugs and alcohol are not good for anyone's brain and especially damaging to the developing brain. A fourth tip, learn to stop and think when making a decision. Ask. Does this feel right? You should be able to listen to your gut instinct to know if a decision is responsible. Ask, will this hurt or harm my brain? And that will help you make the best decision for your brain health and future success. A fifth tip for students, write it out. Write out the problem you're looking to solve with ideas of how you think you could solve it. Create specific strategies with a timeline attached so you learn to stay on track with your plan. Send your plan to someone that you know for new ideas, thoughts, or suggestions, as well as to provide accountability that you'll complete the steps to solve the problem. Remember that since your prefrontal cortex is still under construction, that you'll need support with making decisions until your brain has fully developed. Ask for support or help when needed, whether it's from a teacher, parent, or adult. We all need guidance at certain times in our life, and don't be afraid to ask for help. So how does this process translate into the workplace? Even though adults have a fully developed prefrontal cortex, the part of our brain that makes decisions, we still need a process to follow to ensure we're making effective and smart decisions that yield the results we're looking for. Remember that to make an effective decision, you must first learn how to think. And this process is carried out by the executive function in your brain in your prefrontal cortex. Functions like planning, implementing, monitoring, and making adjustments to overcome problems, it's all in your prefrontal cortex. When working on a goal or solving a problem, try these four simple steps. Eventually, they become a habit, but having a process will increase your performance. Start your decision-making process with, number one, evaluate the problem you wanna solve. This process begins in your frontal lobes. What's the problem? What's the outcome you're looking for? Is your outcome achievable? Is it meaningful? Attaching meaning and emotion will help increase motivation. Make sure everyone on the team is on board with the why behind your goal. Step two, plan your strategy. Next, your frontal lobe maps out the strategies needed. As you ask yourself, where am I now? Where do I want to go, and how will I get there, and what strategies and tactics do I need? Create your plan. I've seen this mapped out many different ways, but you've got to know where you're starting from and what your end goal is, and then you've got to identify what's missing, your gap. That's crucial to this step. This is where skill development takes place and the gaps are filled. Get clear on what's missing and what you must learn to achieve your end goal. Who can you consult to fill in your gaps? Identify the experts that you'll need. Step three, implement your strategy. Once you've listed the strategies that you'll use and the tactics that you'll follow to fill in your gaps, your frontal lobe works with your body to put these ideas into action. This is where hard work comes into play. Roll up your sleeves and get to work. Step four, monitor and adjust. When you take action, your frontal lobe is ready to make changes as obstacles will come up. Get ready to pivot when needed as you monitor what's working and what isn't. Effective decision-making requires ongoing evaluation of these four steps. The outcomes of responsible decision-making. With practice, decision-making becomes easier. And with students, they'll learn how to take their time with important decisions, weighing out the pros and cons. Decision-making in the workplace also becomes easier with this four-step approach. Take the time to think and plan ahead of time and it will better prepare you for your future success of the desired outcome. This process will take practice but will be executed with confidence and certainty as the results you're looking for emerge. It does take effort, hard work and focus but it's the first step towards creating predictable results as you follow your decision-making plan with your brain in mind. This brings us to the end of this lesson. Thank you so much for your interest and sticking it through right to the end. Next week, we have the fifth SEL competency self-regulation and an exciting interview that ties all these competencies together. See you next week.